What a difficult, tense, beautiful, sacred season we have lived together over the course of these last four to five weeks. It's a strange way of presenting it as well. How is it that we found ourselves living together in harmony in a season where a pandemic has physically removed us from one another's presence? It is only the grace of God that has made it so. It is the spring of 2020. COVID-19 has taken us and put us in uh, various corners throughout the Richmond metropolitan area. We are not physically in proximity, and yet, by the grace of God, we have found ourselves worshiping together, caring for one another, loving God, and in turn, loving neighbor in very deliberate ways. Only God could do that. It's been over a month since I last shared with the congregation an update of much substance where we just give you a big picture of what's been happening in the life of the church, what God has been doing and projecting what we think God might be preparing us for in the upcoming days. This is a podcast series that will last throughout the week ahead in short little snippets where I will be giving you um, basic updates in major categories as it relates to church life, as it relates to caregiving, as it relates to um, love of neighbor. Thanks for joining. Really glad you're here. Hello, friends. This is Sterling Severns, pastor of Tabernacle Baptist Church in Richmond, Virginia. Thank you for listening. Today is Friday, April the 17th of the year 2020. As you probably know, every day I'm sharing a different update or development that relates to things that have been happening in the life of the church over the last month and projecting forward some things that we think God might be preparing us for. Today I want to speak about something very specific and very, very important and that is the role of connecting with one another in this um, season. I think it's a little dangerous for me to continue to use the word season, but I, I don't know that I have a better word. Uh, we just don't know how long this season lasts. I think the reality is that when we do finally gather back together, in all likelihood, um, I'm, I'm certain actually that when we do gather back together, it's not going to end up being everybody back together. Uh, inevitably, with what we're hearing from the experts, this, uh, this virus isn't going away anytime soon. And so we're trying to build a network of care and connection for the present moment. But I want you to understand that what I'm about to share with you is also preparing us for the next moment. And we don't know what that looks like, but I want you to understand that there are multiple layers that we're trying to look at as it relates to the church connecting. Um, now, you should know that the next podcast is going to be focused outward. When we talk about purpose of church as it relates to being an extension of Christ's hands in the world. And and, and with that said now, um, I'm, I'm going to just move straight into church caring for church. Um, when all of this first started, uh, the first thing that we did uh, after taking a breath and trying to pray for guidance um, over and over again, we began to lay out 
what might look like a net. And the goal with creating this net was that nobody would fall through it. Uh, and inevitably, people have, because at the beginning, that net had some pretty large gaps in it. Uh, and what I mean by that is we started making a list of everybody that we could think of that's, that calls Tabernacle home in any capacity. And we started trying to determine early on who's connected to a circle, meaning a group of people that they gather with on a regular basis. It could be somebody on a committee, a team, a Sunday school class, a small group, a discipleship group. Um, and then who is it that's um, in the life of the church that calls Tabernacle home that doesn't have a circle they're connected with? And what we did was we created a, a care coordinator position with every circle in the church, which is what we're calling committees, teams, classes, just to keep it simple, we're calling them circles. And then we also reached out to former um, active deacons in the life of the church, in addition to current active deacons in the church, and said, would you all consider serving as care coordinators for people that don't necessarily have a circle they're meeting with on a regular basis? And what we've asked all of these care coordinators to do, hopefully you already know this because you've heard from a care coordinator, um, is that they are going to um, end up receiving information directly from you or in an ideal scenario, if your class has created or your circle has created a system where it's kind of like a buddy system, people are reaching out to each other. Um, they will impart that information onto the care coordinator. The care coordinator's job is to take information that has been shared by individuals in their circle um, that have have given blessing and permission. I want to make it very clear, only with people's permission and blessing, they would share the information with Alicia Phillips, who is one of our wonderful deacons. And Alicia's job is to effectively take all the information and um, do a good job organizing it. And then she's the one that's helping work with me in creating the official Pass, uh, prayer list that you all see once a week through a password-protected website. So the care coordinator's job is to receive information and then appropriately share that information. If it's confidential and the individual says, we want, to sh we want this shared with the staff only, the pastor only, our circle only, whatever um, has been requested of the individual making the prayer request, the care coordinator will take action on that and share it. And, and what that does is it allows us, one, to be sure that everybody in the life of the church has a touch point once a week where they're talking to somebody in the life of the church and somebody's saying, how are you doing? How can we pray for you? And in turn, we're taking those prayers when people ask for it and we're sending it out to the grand collective, but doing it safely in a password protected website where the password changes every week. And that gets to the second role of the care coordinator, which is on Fridays, um, I am um, sending information out, including the password for the week ahead to the care coordinators. And then they in turn send an email or make phone calls, however they choose to do it to each person in their circle to be sure that you all know how you can be praying for people. Um, and, and hopefully the Spirit will prompt you to reach out and connect with folks if you feel a little holy nudge when you receive those prayer concerns. So the care coordinator position is pretty much the critical role as it relates to connection in the life of the church. If there's a class, a committee, a team, 
a major ministry area that does not have an active care coordinator operating, there is a hole in the net. And that is problematic for us um, because it means that folks are probably going through things and we're not aware of it. Uh, And so it is just really, really important uh, that each circle has one of these. And if a care coordinator gets overwhelmed, they need to raise their hand and say help and we'll find help. Or if they need to say, I thought I could do this, but I can't, they just need to be honest with us. It's okay. Just uh, we're all kind of figuring out how to manage all of this at the same time. But if you agree that you're going to be the care coordinator, that's a really important role. So please be honest about um, any struggles that you might be having and certainly any feedback that you might have to offer. So church, I want you to hear me say, everybody that calls Tabernacle home should have a care coordinator. That said, if you're listening to this podcast and you don't know who your care coordinator is, or if you're listening to this podcast and you think it's possible that one hasn't been assigned to you, please don't wait for us to take the initiative to reach out to you. You reach out to us to say, I need I need to be in the loop. I want to be in the loop. Um, Please give me a care coordinator. Because uh, as you can imagine, the logistical challenge of this moment is tremendous as it relates to care. Now, let me circle around to where I was in the beginning of all of this. As important as this is right now, in all likelihood, it's going to be even more important two months from now. And I'm not going to get into the specifics of why I think that is so for the sake of time today. But I want you to know we are laying groundwork for a different way of being church together in these unprecedented times. And that includes the unprecedented moments that we can't even imagine right now that might be coming good or difficult alike. Now, here's my request of you. Um, One, if you are a, a circle leader, meaning you are an individual that that is in charge of a committee, a team, a class, or a group. We need you creating an official system, an organic official system for your circle where every single person in your group hears from somebody at least once a week. That is going to be overwhelming if you, as the key leader, choose to do that. If your group is substantive in size in any form or fashion, it's going in all likelihood to be overwhelming. The Wellstead class, I think, is the best example that we've got. Kathy Allen and Bill Wellstead have both agreed to take on the care coordinator position in their class, but they've got a really big group and they are doing phenomenal ministry um, connecting with each other. Our senior adults are being very well cared for that are part of that class in addition to others that... Um, have joined that class from different generations. But Kathy and Bill aren't calling everybody every week. What they've done is they've asked members in their circle to, to reach out to each other. So they've created the equivalent of a buddy system. And then that information, as it's gathered, is sent on back to Kathy and Bill, and then they sift through it and decide what's appropriate to pass along and what's appropriate to keep only in the class and what's appropriate to only send to staff, et cetera, et cetera. Please begin thinking now and taking action within the next five days for creating a system. If you need help, we'll be glad to do it. The purpose of this is certainly to get prayer requests, but that is secondary to the purpose of connecting with one another. 
I want you to think of this as the hallway conversations or the before worship begin conversation that takes place in the sanctuary or the lingering after we worship together or the Wednesday night supper type of moments where we just informally connect with one another. What's going to be happening in the very near future is we're going to be looking at um, reestablishing healthy um, uh, soil, I guess is the best way to say it, where different generations are connecting with one another. So there's a, there's a new level of coordination that's coming next where we're going to be matchmaking in um, small little two or three week periods of time where we connect this circle and this circle that are in different generations and find creative ways to kind of reach out and connect with one another. I'm, I'm excited about that. We're going to end up initiating in the near future a system where um, some of our adults uh, are, are going to uh, be calling children and teenagers just for the purpose of connecting with them maybe once a week and, um, if comfortable in doing so, praying with them. It's really important. As you all know, this is in our DNA. This is, a, this is something that we value. It is one of the primary indicators of what makes us unique as a local congregation is that we believe that Christ wants all generations to come together and be viewed as the church in the moment, not the current version of the church and then the future church because they're young. Um, but all of that is can't happen if we don't create um, smaller gaps in the net through care coordination and connecting with one another. So um, next steps would be find a system where somebody um, in your circle is reaching out to somebody else on a weekly basis for the point of connection and then do a good job reporting back into your care coordinators. Now, last but not least, let me say this um, and then I'll, I'll wrap up. Um, I believe that one of the blessings of this particular moment is the spiritual awakening that is happening in this moment. I think that in so many ways, sheltering in place, change of pace, has by, by necessity given us um, opportunity to really assess life and assess how we relate to our Creator and how we walk with our Savior. I really want to encourage you to take this particular moment that we are living in together and I want to encourage you to, um, to be very deliberate in the way that you are connecting with God on a daily basis. And in turn, and this is where this connects with what I've been talking about in today's podcast, I want you to think about relating to one another in a more deliberate way. I know it may feel a little bit awkward, and I'm certainly, this is not a, a pressure thing. I'm just in offering encouragement here for you to consider that if you find yourself in a place where you're relating to God in a different way, it just seems very natural to me and, and healthy to me that you would begin to relate to one another in a more deliberate spiritual way. What do I mean by that? Well, I wonder if you'd be willing to pray with each other on the phone. You'll note that when I've been reaching out to, to you, and I know I, there are so many more that I'm eager to speak with, I'm doing the best I can along with the other staff members of, of doing a good job just trying to connect with folks, 
But you'll know that for many of you, I've asked, can I pray with you before we get off the phone? That's a very deliberate thing. I'm the pastor of the church, you know, so that not only should that come naturally to me, but it should be expected of me. But I think the same could could be said of each of us. If you're not comfortable praying out loud with somebody over the phone, could you establish something where you just say, would it be okay if we just spent 30 seconds in silence on the phone before we hang up? And, um, and pray for each other. And then I'll say amen after 30 seconds. Would that be okay? This, this is just an example of um, some, some creative ways that we can relate to one another differently as we find God stirring in our hearts in a different way. I would also like to suggest that we begin to be more deliberate in the way that we... Um, that we connect with one another over the telephone. Why do I say telephone? Well, one, because those of us that are using Zoom are getting Zoomed out. Um, and we want to continue to use that tool, but there are some barriers to it for many people that just don't feel comfortable using it or don't feel like they have the technological know-how or even the financial resources to access it. One of the things that I'm starting to en- enjoy is scheduling moments with people where I will essentially um, say, hey, in 10 minutes, can we talk? And when I say we, when I'm, what I mean is I would like for um, you and, and so-and-so and I to talk. Uh, there's a very simple way for those of us that have smartphones to conference call with one another. If you're somebody that has a landline only or you're using a flip phone, it matters not. If you have access to a telephone number, we can do this. It's very simple. Um, and so you can Google it quite easily. It's just a matter of calling somebody and then hitting the merge button on a smartphone and then calling the next person and then hit join. And um, for most of us, we can contact up to four or five people at the same time. I'd like to see us start being very deliberate from an intergenerational perspective, or particularly with some of our homebound members or folks that aren't as comfortable with technology at trying to help them connect with one another. One-on-one phone calls are wonderful, but I would suggest that circles of three to five people gathering together is even more wonderful um, for people that are feeling particularly isolated. And so if you're a smartphone user, I want to encourage you to learn how to do this, and I want to encourage you to just organically begin doing it. Just practice it once or twice with your family members. Practice it with a staff member if you want to. Figure out how to do it, and then begin to use this tool, because um, whereas the Scripture makes it clear where two or more are gathered, um, Christ is there. Um, that is always true. I would suggest that there are many times that when three to five gather, it is just all the sweeter. And so I want to nudge us as we talk about connecting with one another and caring for one another today to consider using this very simple technology and be very deliberate in how we do it. I promise I'm about to wrap up, but I'll just give you a practical example. On Sunday mornings, I get to church pretty early. Uh, to the building uh, pre-COVID days, uh, along with the other staff members, and so do some of you all. And we will gather in the fellowship hall, and we will have coffee together. There are people that are part of that circle. Uh, John Beeston would be an example. Chuck Corbin would be an example. Um, and, And others that don't have access to some of the smartphone technology stuff. 
Um, and they love spending time visiting with one another. And I love spending time gathering. Through the gift of this conference call feature, we have the ability to recreate that moment where people can gather around with a cup of coffee or whatever and converse the way they would on Sunday morning. Does it replace us actually being in the fellowship hall and having coffee and somebody bumping the table and spilling everybody's coffee and us laughing together? No. But is it something that we can do as we adapt? Absolutely. I want you to continue thinking out of the box with me as it relates to the way that we continue to be community with one another. I want you to continue to be open to the the prompting of the Holy Spirit in your life with these holy nudges. If somebody's name pops up in your heart or in your mind, there's a very good possibility that that is the Holy Spirit nudging you to reach out to them at minimum to pray for them quietly in in your own home but perhaps even reaching out to them. Let's be receptive to the Spirit nudging us toward one another. And uh, when we gather together next with our last podcast, let's be receptive uh, to the prompting of the Holy Spirit as we cast our eyes outward as we love neighbor. Love you, friends. Thanks for listening to this. I hope it's been helpful. Offer some feedback and, and let us know what you're thinking. Blessings. Have a great rest of the day. Thank you.